You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material. And before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and I've got Gareth Aird, our Head of Australian Economics, on the line again. Gareth, good to have you on. Oh, thanks, Belinda. Nice to, um, nice to be on. It's maybe three weeks in a row now and that probably just tells our listeners just the fact that there is so much happening in the Australian economy at the moment. It's, it's an absolutely moving beast. What we've seen... Over the past week is obviously the lockdown in Greater Sydney continues to go on. It's been extended into some of the regions as well. We've had Melbourne go or Victoria go back into their sixth lockdown and the lockdown extended in southeast Queensland. Now, this is obviously going to have obviously a big impact on the economy. We're watching high frequency data very closely. Kind of how are you feeling about things at the moment? Yeah, well, you said there's a lot happening, but that's sort of because there's not a lot happening um, <laughs> with, with, with the lockdowns. Um, I mean, what we're what we're seeing really is that COVID and the Delta variant is a real problem uh, for the economy because it's a very contagious um, strain of the virus. It's causing um, you know these snap lockdowns now to be quite frequent. Uh, Sydney's entrenched in what's looking now like a very long lockdown. The number of the case uh, daily cases are going up rather than down. And that's going to have big implications for the economy in the near term. Um, we, we've seen that already in some of the higher frequency data, like the payrolls that came out this week, showed that uh, employment's actually contracted significantly in New South Wales. But it's also actually happening around the country too, with some spillover impacts. And I think um, we're looking at a, at a really deep contraction in GDP in uh, in the September quarter, which is what our forecast that we put out last week contained. Um, we've got a in there a contraction in GDP of 2.7%, and I'd have to say the risks are to the downside mm. on that number, just based on the fact that um, you know, we're, we're getting these snap lockdowns um, in other parts of the country pretty frequently now. And so it, I think I was just going to yeah. say that it also just seems to be now the first step to control any outbreak is to go into lockdown a lot earlier than maybe what some states did so before. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And you'd have to say that this is playing havoc um, with, with plans of businesses and households. You know, there, there's a lot of um, businesses that are just impacted straight away by a lockdown. And um, you know, I think these on and off again um, type lockdowns are, are quite damaging for, for businesses. Um, so look, we, you know, we, we've still got a very upbeat view on the economy next year. But um, as far as things go in the, in the short to medium term, until the end of this year anyway, um, you know, I think the economy is going to go through a really bad patch because um, Sydney's in a what looks like a very extended lockdown and the rest of the country uh, only ever seems a single case of COVID away from going into a lockdown. That's obviously uh, the scenario that the Reserve Bank of Australia met at its Tuesday board meeting, lockdowns in a number of parts of the Australian economy. It was therefore a bit surprising that they still remain quite upbeat about the outlook and they didn't make some policy announcements that we thought they would make. What happened at that meeting? 
Yeah, so the RBA left policy on hold, um, but the, the key aspect to their decision was that they did not reverse um, their decision to paper asset purchases that they announced at the July board meeting, uh, which doesn't kick in until September. But most people in the market thought because of what's happened since they made that announcement at the July board meeting, well, the RBA would just um, uh, take out the taper and keep buying bonds at the, the current rate because uh, the economic um, near-term outlook has deteriorated and therefore it wouldn't be appropriate to taper. So we thought they'd, they'd announce that reversal at the meeting. Um, to be honest, it, it, if they did that, it wouldn't have done a lot for the economy anyway. I mean, buying $4 billion of bonds or five a week doesn't really shift the economic needle. But we just thought it would be sort of symbolic to say you know, we're aware that things have changed and therefore our policy um, shift reflects that. But they didn't do that. Um, and in fact, the governor's statement uh, was quite optimistic uh, accompanying that no-change decision. And then we saw in the um, statement of monetary policy uh, that came out today that the RBA has actually upwardly revised their um, outlook for, for the medium term. So, which comes as a bit of a surprise to me. Um, you know, we're going through a huge negative shock and they're actually upgrading their numbers uh, for the medium term. And they haven't really um, downwardly revised their, their, their forecasts for the next three to six months too much at all. Um, so I, I think they're um, they're too optimistic on the economy in the near term, which might come as a surprise <laughs> for me to say that because I spent the last nine months saying they weren't optimistic enough. Um, I think they, through through the whole recovery um, from the back end of last year, you know, they, they were too pessimistic on how fast that recovery would be. And yet now we've got to a point where we're going into a big negative shock and we're in it now and it looks like it's going to go on for a while. And they're still kind of retaining this uh, optimism over the near term. And I think they're just underestimating uh, how big the hit to the economy will be from these lockdowns. So just to give the listeners a bit of context about the differences in our forecasts and the RBAs at the moment. So in the report you published a bit over a week ago, uh, you forecast, and obviously this is still early days, but that the third quarter GDP print will be minus 2.7%. Now, the RBA in their implied profile for what they're expecting GDP to look like only has around a 1% fall in it before some recovery in Q4 21, just based on the size of the fall that we're seeing in things like the CBA card spend data and also the hit that we expect on the employment and hours work side. It does look to be a little bit light on. And they're also not expecting too much change on the unemployment rate front, are they? No, they're not. And, um, I mean, you'd have to say that if they were recasting the numbers right now, bearing in mind they probably settled on them uh, late Mm. last week, they would already have to put in a bigger downward revision because of the lockdowns in Queensland and Victoria that they wouldn't have expected. Um, so, look, I think their, their forecast for, for the September quarter looks too um, too optimistic. And then they've got a really strong rebound in mm. the December quarter, which more than makes up for the, the contraction penciled in there for Q3. I mean, they're, they're, their implied profile has growth lifting by almost 2.5% in the December quarter, which means um, they think in the December quarter the economy will be around 1.5% bigger than, than what they think it will have printed at the, at the June quarter uh, of this year, which I mean, you'd have to say that that's an incredibly heroic um, kind of forecast given right now the economy is going backwards. And um, you know, within within the, the RBA's forecast, they're, they're assuming that um, Greater Sydney comes out of a lockdown 
basically at the beginning of the December quarter, which is, which is the 1st of October. But I, I think the only way uh, that is going to happen uh, is if cases go down to zero. Mm. And there's no evidence in the daily case numbers that we're heading towards zero. In fact, they've been going up rather than down. So I think... Um, I, th- I think they're just too uh, upbeat on the economy in the near term. And if you've got that sort of profile for growth, then you don't have the unemployment rate going up all that much. But you know, we think it's going to go up uh, quite a bit over the next three or four months, just given the number of people that have been stood down because of the extended lockdown. So it seems the difference really is how the health outcome could occur over coming months. So just looking at their downside scenario, where they outline kind of the worst case outcome both on... Uh, the, the economic front, but it, that appears to be more in line with our view on the health outcome. The fact that we will start to see rolling lockdowns for more than half of the Australian population, around half of the Australian population, I guess, over the rest of this year, which given the situation and the vaccine rollout looks like more of a possibility at this point in time. As you said at the start, the Delta strain of the virus is incredibly contagious and we can see what's happening in New South Wales. It's just extremely hard given what we're in the sixth week of lockdown. They're having a very hard time getting those case numbers lower. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing too is that we, we don't actually see the Reserve Bank's forecast by state, but it mm. wouldn't surprise me if they've got you know, the rest of Australia uh, expanding at a decent rate through the September quarters and also the December quarter. But you'd have to say that based on these snap lockdowns mm. in Victoria and Queensland, that you know, those state economies will contract a little bit too over the September quarter. So I think um, I think they're just underestimating the hit to activity that, that's coming over the next six months. Uh, that means they end up with a set of forecasts that looks too optimistic relative to our numbers. And I think um, I think come November when they go out again with some new numbers, they'll um, they'll have to downly revise what they've just. Uh, only just upwardly revised. And obviously, based on that, there is a chance that they will have to make some policy changes. Probably the the number one could be the decision to reverse that tapering of bonds that they have that they have announced that would start in September. Is that kind of what you're thinking? I think that's a clear risk, yeah, because the the numbers they put out today uh, in their central scenario are the numbers which they're setting policy against. Mm. Um, so we know today that their decision to taper and then to stick with that taper is based on GDP only contracting, quote-unquote only, only contracting by 1% in the September quarter and then a a rebound in the December quarter of of almost 2.5% and the unemployment rate really not going um, too much higher from where it is at the moment. So what we're going to see over the coming months is how the data comes in compared with what they're assuming, and if it turns out to be the case, which we think that the data is going to come in uh, quite a bit worse than the Reserve Bank is expecting, then that's really going to test their resolve on whether or not they want to stick with the taper. But that they may be of the view that it doesn't really make much difference buying four or five yeah. billion dollars worth of bonds like we are. But then optically, you know, they may feel the need to recognise that the situation is unfolding uh, in a way which is different to what they assumed, and therefore tweak policy accordingly. So. Um, I guess we'll just have to well, watch their communication and see how the data the data plays out from here, and also, of course, uh, how the COVID cases are going. But um, look, I think I think the Reserve Bank is going to be disappointed when the economic data comes out, and then it just comes down to how much they really want to stick with their decision already made, or, or do they want to uh, symbolically uh, reverse it? And we have really just had the opposite of what has occurred over the last few months, haven't we? 
Oh, look, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and I, I guess everything that's going on right now just shows how vulnerable any economy mm. is to COVID right now mm. if the vaccine rate is too low. Um, we're going to be <laughs> we'll be putting out no doubt updated forecasts you know, several times over the next six months as the situation uh, unfolds. I think in the until we get um, enough of the population mm. vaccinated, where lockdowns are something we don't ever have to worry about or consider again, it's going to be very hard to kind of uh, for the economy to get any sort of clear clear air and clear momentum uh, while you've got lockdowns occurring across the country. Well, I think we can all look forward to the situation where that does occur. Gareth, thank you very much for your insights. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll speak soon. You too, and and same for our listeners. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Now, you can read Gareth Aird's write-up on the Reserve Bank's decision this week, which was published on Tuesday the 3rd of August, as well as on the Statement of Monetary Policy, which was published on Friday the 6th of August on combankresearch.com.au.